We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select. Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by the Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. They knocked off Alabama and they ended up winning the Big 12 Conference. And they have multiple playmakers on both sides of the football. Some guys who should hear their names called on Thursday night and Friday night of the 2024 NFL Draft. The Texas Longhorns are sending no shortage of talent to the next level. What's up, guys? Welcome into the Picks for Polls podcast brought to you by the Bear Report and Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Usaid Colshaw, and for today, we'll be continuing our 2024 NFL Draft coverage, talking to beat writers and reporters who cover college programs across the country. If you've been following along, then you have probably already seen some of the episodes that we've dropped. At the Bear Report this offseason, our publisher, Zach Pearson, he's already invested in all this and done a number of these. He's focused on guys like Caleb Williams and Drake May and Romu Dunze. Today, though, we're going to take it a step further and talk to Eric Henry, who covers the Texas Longhorns for 247 Sports. We got a chance to discuss a number of prospects, including wide receiver Xavier Worthy and wide receiver Adonai Mitchell. We also talked about tight end Jadavian Sanders and some interior defensive linemen and Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat. Let's get right into the interview. Joining us now on the Picks for Polls podcast, he's coming to us from Texas by way of Tampa Bay, Florida, and Chicago, Illinois. We've got Eric Henry in the house. He covers the Longhorns for 247 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. We were just talking because he lived in Chicago for a few years right before we hit the record button. And so we were discussing how, you know, one minute can be 70 degrees like it was on Tuesday here of this week. And then the next minute it can be, you know, 30 degrees, rain, wind, and snow all at once. But how's it going? Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, man, not a problem. My pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, listen, I, I know it's time. It says, of course, the phone won't stop going off. That is, you can tell it's NFL combine season here, right? Um, no, I appreciate you having me on. We are talking, you know, before we started recording that. 
uh, I, I love Chicago. I, I, as a native Floridian who grew up and it was 90 degrees all the time. I love the seasons. I love the city. I, I, I got probably that weirdo that, you know, loves the CTA, loves the, the red line, loves the L. Um, but the thing that, that, you know, kind of summed it up for me, is like, all right, I eventually got to, got to get back home and, and Hey, I graduated, finished grad school, but there was a stretch where it, I, I want to say it was January going to February it was something like high 30s low 40s so not cold enough to snow but like rainy and overcast and something like that for 20 something straight days and that just wears on you so that i do not miss about the windy city but i miss those chicago summers without a doubt yeah i mean i will always say like i hate driving into the city for bears games and november and december at times sometimes in january you know but getting a chance to go there and you know july august september just hang out in the cities obviously a great vibe so i have to ask you this what's your favorite deep dish pizza place are you even a deep dish fan oh, 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 oh come on come on there's there's one right answer to this right guys it's lose i mean lose is the correct answer i i i it pains me when you know i have friends of mine who go to Chicago or people who visit like, Oh, I had deep dish. And I, well, I, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't throw any particular chain under the bus right on this podcast, but uh, a, a noted popular chain that tourists tend to try um, is one that I'm like, listen, if you had that, that's not, that's not it. Lose all the way. Absolutely. And lose is my favorite thing too, especially when you add like Jardinera hot pepper to their deep dish. Um, yes. I was, you know, just actually ordered it the other night, but we're going to have to get into some Longhorns football here because it <laughs> is a, as much as we want to probably talk about deep dish, we can save that for like an off season casual convo. Or if I ever end up in Austin or you end up here, like we can go to lose and, you know, have pizza and chop it up about stuff. That's not football, I guess. But, Let's just get right into this thing. I mean, it was a big yeah. year for the Longhorns. They end up beating Alabama. They go on to win the Big 12. And then in the midst of all that, you have a lot of guys, right, that ended up taking a significant step forward, which I think anytime you beat Alabama and you get to go ahead and win your basically conference i mean you have to have a lot of experience right where you had xavier worthy tavian sanders adonai mitchell quinn ewers even coming back you know from the injury that he suffered in 2022 and then on the defensive side of the ball you had tavandre sweat byron murphy jalen ford and a handful of other guys to cop cap off what was basically a phenomenal season oh listen i mean in terms of texas's 2024 campaign it was a magical run it's the season that folks in these parts here in austin texas and really throughout the lone star state i mean i think this will be my first year on the beat truly learning well yes you have texas tech fans you have aggie fans you have baylor fans you have tcu fans and obviously tcu coming off a national title run from the year prior or just national championship appearance there is nothing like when the longhorns reign supreme here in the lone star state so it certainly was a magical year and i mean i guess i can just kind of run that run down you talk about some of the names there quinn yours certainly a major player and someone who i think the biggest question with quinn coming into the year was really two one could he take the next step and progress as a quarterback under a noted quarterback developer a noted offensive guru and steve sarkeesian very much did that 
was able to repeat his success from the year prior in terms of protecting the football while also increasing his completion percentage. Quinn is a guy who was deadly accurate, you know, when you talk about those intermediate um, short game passes, you know, those mesh routes, things that to kind of get the ball in your hands, your receivers immediately. Quinn's excellent at that. The other question was the deep ball, right? And that, that's still a part of Quinn's game that is left uh, still leaves a little bit to be desired, uh, especially when you have deep threats like Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell, even a JT Sanders, you know, who can go over the middle as a tight end and, and really stretch the defense. But Quinn should – it's just now that Texas has him back for 2024. That's never expecting him to develop. But I think the, the, you know, the biggest – the two biggest pieces, if we had to kind of break it down one on offense, one on defense, uh, offensively, Jonathan Brooks, you know, someone who didn't even – start the year as a starting running back. It was the five-star, uh, 24-7 sports, five-star, uh, number one rated running back in the class of 2023. C.J. Baxter earned the starting job out of camp. And if you take a look at C.J., 6'1", 218, there's a reason why his teammates were likening him to Bijan Robinson coming out of fall camp, You know, someone who, who's got the size and athleticism speed to make all the big plays. But there's an adjustment to the college game that has to take place. And with C.J., you know, I think a con- combination of him learning kind of just, you know, not being the big back that can just run past everybody or just run through everybody like he did down at uh, Edgewater High School in Florida. I had to learn position a little bit more. That definitely took some time. And also he got banged up a little bit, which paved the way for Jonathan Brooks, someone who, quite frankly, before he tore his ACL at TCU, you could have made a case he was a top running back in, in college football. So that's offensively was what kind of the big thing. Defensively, Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy. It starts with those guys, and the entire defense takes their attitude from those guys. The entire front seven really played well off of just there's two stout defensive tackles, pro football focus. Rated Sweat and Murphy is the top two rated defensive tackles in the nation, really from week three to, uh, through the, the duration of the year. So having those two guys up front, Tavondre, the um, you know defensive player of the year in the Big 12, Outland Award winner, and, and Byron Murphy, uh, someone who's looking at is probably a, a first-round pick because of his sheer athleticism size 6'1 303 pounds i mean the, the measurables of things he'll do in, in in you know the combine indianapolis going on this week um everything really started as far as the texas defense with those two guys and that paved the way for a 12 win year and and nearly nearly came down to the final play of the game uh making it to the national title game here in texas yeah that was awesome by the way because you kind of hit on a lot of you know some of the other points but you just kind of look at you know Texas in general, I think everyone at some point in their life has heard that, and again, for whatever reason, there's a large faction of Bears fans in places like California and Texas, and I'm probably going to throw Florida into the mix too, but, you know, it's it's interesting because you have like six or seven big schools on there, so football certainly reigns supreme in Texas at the college level and at the high school level. You kind of look at a lot of the guys that have declared from coming from the Longhorns program. And it's interesting because like if you were to sit here in August and we're going to have this conversation, right. In terms of, Hey, who are some guys that you're watching that could potentially take a step forward and declare for the draft? You know, the diehard fans would tell you, and the plugged-in beat writers would say, oh, well, you know, Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, couple wide receivers, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy. But the reality is that those, all four of them, in a sense, you could argue, weren't necessarily kind of the hottest names to know. And then as the season progressed, you know, everybody seemed to fall in love with the two interior linemen. Everybody suddenly 
fell in love with the two wide receivers as well. But focusing on those pass catchers, I mean, you have three really good ones down there. And you've got Worthy and Mitchell along with Jatavian Sanders. I mean, what makes each of those three guys so unique? Xavier Worthy's game begins and ends with speed because it is – elite speed i mean if you talk with people who've been around the program you know from the time he arrived in 2022 they just talk about the fact that this is a guy who defenses have to respect and that's the type of thing at the nfl when you take a look at guys like tyreek hill you know and 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 you can go down the list those speed guys who instantaneously when they step on the field defensive coordinators have to account for their ability to take the top off the defense and the type of pressure that puts on a secondary and i'd say x you know even from a route running perspective really improved this year the biggest thing in terms of you know probably pro potential i take a look with worthy is last year in 2022 uh, it's, it's we're 2024 so i'm getting my years mixed up but uh, his software year 2022 you take a look he played through a broken hand and if you take a look at the amount of targets you know steve sarkeesh was open about this in order to get him five or six receptions we had to force him 14 or 15 passes you know just to kind of get the ball in his hands this year he would have you know had a multitude of games i had multiple games this year where you throw him 10 passes, he catches seven, he catches eight. It's that type of reception rate that I think at the next level you have to be encouraged by. Now, uh, Adonai Mitchell, you know, that goes by Adonai or AD, depending on uh, what you may have heard him called. But the thing about him is just, he even go back to his time at Georgia. Uh, you know, for, for viewers who may not know, a kid who began his career at Georgia, won a pair of national titles there, uh, was a starter there I kind of dealt with some injuries and, and and also came back home as a young daughter he's from texas so wanted to get back closer to home to be a you know a family man and he steps right into the longhorns lineup and it, what really impressed me most about him was when quinn yours got banged up this year had a sprained ac joint and missed a couple of games you go to a backup quarterback and malik murphy someone who was having his first career starts and AD ends up being the safety blanket, ends up being that guy that, hey, down the red zone, I'm just going to look his way and, and you know, and, and third and whatever, we're, we're going to go AD's way. Just that type of camaraderie that he had, even some of the younger quarterbacks, I think kind of showed off just kind of his ability. And I think in terms of the pro potential, again, athleticism, maybe not quite Xavier worthy speed, but it's a very smooth receiver. Someone you can tell his best footballs yet to be played. And really quick on JT Sanders. That's a matchup nightmare. I'm really intrigued to see what JT runs in the 40 because he's a guy who the big emphasis for Steve Sarkeesian and you know tight ends coach Jeff Banks, offense corner of Kyle Flood coming into the year was he's a guy who set the Texas tight end in the position record, um, a single season record for receptions by a tight end as a sophomore. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, as a sophomore. And and the thing that they wanted to do with him was they wanted to get him downfield vertically more. They, they, they felt that, yes, while JT, if you get the ball in his hands on some of those tight end screens and some of those things at the line of scrimmage or you know some of those underneath things kind of crossing the face of, uh, of the first level of defense, those linebackers, things of that nature, yes, they help, but we got to find a way to get this guy the ball downfield. He's too big at 6'4", 245 pounds, too athletic. And even if you go back last year, or, or excuse me, 2022, uh, he was the most efficient deep threat. Uh, in, in comparison to guys like Xavier Worthy and Casey Kane's been other receivers on that team. So if you take a look at JT this year, he got banged up, had an ankle injury that really kind of, I'd say, hampered him from really, you know, maybe hitting the, that Brock Bowers like of uh, numbers and maybe recognition. But JT is still a guy in my mind. If he tests well in Indy and tests well as pro day, yes, the blocking is something you're going to be concerned about, but there's no reason in my mind he can't be a Kyle Pitts like tight end at the next level, or is what you expected Kyle Pitts to be like. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, see, that is such an intriguing comparison right there because when you look at a lot of these tight ends that have come out over the last couple of years, you know, it's... It's crazy in a sense because, like, you mentioned Kyle Pitts, and just because you're drafted in round one doesn't, and you were stud in college, I mean, does not necessarily mean you are going to be, you know, the biggest and the baddest and the cream of the crop at the next level. And Sanders to me is so interesting because when you watch his film, I mean, he does a little bit of everything that you would like from a modern day tight end. Like, you can put him on the line of scrimmage in line and ask him to help be an extra blocker in the run game. And then all of a sudden you look three to five plays later and now he's flexed out into the slot and he's got Mitchell or worthy on either side of him to his left or to his right. And all of a sudden that's causing all sorts of craziness for the defense. And then you look at a guy who just in terms of his production had 99 receptions over the last two years. And it's very clear that, you know, that first year that he was down there in Austin, had he really gotten some playing time in 2021? I mean, it's possible he's finishing his career there in Austin with like 150-something receptions probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, Steve Sarkeesian was, was – he's talked about it with, with JT that he felt he really needed a year to learn and develop. He talked about a kid who played at Denton Ryan, you know, a, a really – well-known high school down. Oh, actually, I shouldn't say down here because it's up in North Texas in the D- Dallas-Fort Worth area. But nevertheless, played both sides of the ball, defensive end and tight end. They felt this needed a year to get him right at tight end. But he stepped in as as a, a redshirt freshman, uh, soon a sophomore. Uh, he didn't redshirt, but it just didn't you know appear much on offense and was ready to go. And, and, and the thing with JT, when you talk about his blocking, see, it, uh, people tend to fall on different sides of the coin. Uh, I'll say this. I think it needs to be more consistent. People like to cherry pick, and this is kind of, you know, it's the social media environment we live in nowadays, you know, on X, I guess formerly known as Twitter, right? And, and wherever you want to look, people cherry pick a, a, kid, a, a, a player or two from a kid and say, oh, he can't do this or can't do that, right? But then you have someone like me who's been around this player, if not their entirety of their career, at least an entirety of a season. JT Sanders, when he wants to block, he can block. And you get JT fired up and he wants to be a nasty guy who just, you know, gets out there. And like you said, in line, JT can block. I think the big thing is consistently JT needs to probably improve that more in terms of the next level. But certainly someone I think you got to keep an eye on. 
Yeah, that blocking, you know, I feel like for him, wherever he ends up, is just going to be something that does come naturally to him, especially as he adds more strength to his frame. But they played a 4-2-5 down there last year. And again, they've kind of done that throughout the Steve Sarkeesian era. There's some pretty decent linebackers in the system there. But again, you know, as we mentioned, the real focus is Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat. I mean, those two guys, like, yeah, they only combined for seven sacks last season, but every time the Longhorns defense was on the field, those guys were around the ball, like, on every single down, it seemed like. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, don't let the sack numbers fool you in terms of, first off, Devondre Sweat is not someone who's ever going to have 10 sacks at the NFL level. I mean, you know, God bless him. He sweats a lot of things, but he's also six foot three-ish, six foot four-ish. Um, the weight, I guess we'll find out this week, right? You know, T sweat didn't weigh in down in mobile probably for a reason. Um, he is listed at three sixty two, I believe. I mean, at times standing next to the man, I, I am not, you know, a doctor, but I, I would guess to say he might've been a little bit bigger than three sixty two at times. So he's not someone who's going to, you know, be some standout pass rusher. What he is, is a game wrecking presence on the inside who quite frankly, teams couldn't block you. you their teams want to run the football, but how do you do it when you have Devondre Sweat there who's going to eat up? And, and listen, he is not just a big, you know, I, I, I don't want to disparage, you know, insert defensive tackle, right? But like, he's not just a space eater. He's someone who, with his athleticism and strength, is making plays into the backfield and disrupting running plays and things of that nature. And it was just a perfect compliment with, with him uh, paired next to Byron Murphy, who was, as I said, 6'1", 303 pounds. I, I, I don't want to, you know, put too much pressure on the kid, but when you talk about an NFL comp, I dude's a dead ringer for Aaron Donald. I mean, you see him with physically speaking, it just 303 pounds is not supposed to look in terms of that body fat and, you know, ripped up the way it does with Byron Murphy. He is someone who at the next level, I could easily see being a, 50 tackle, 60 tackle, you know, guy gets north of seven, eight, nine sacks per year. So, yes, those two guys certainly, you know, uh, spearheaded the Texas defense and, you know, even some of the guys who played off them. You talk about Texas playing a 4 2 5. Primary linebackers were Jalen Ford, who is someone I think is a prospect to keep an eye on. Uh, and definitely a day three guy, seeing depending on how he tests. And they have a couple of rising linebackers, guys like Anthony Hill, who probably, you know, in two years will come back and do this podcast and he'll be easily a first round talent a middle linebacker. Right. So, um, but yes, the, the defense did primarily run through those two guys up the middle. So you mentioned Jalen Ford and there's, so you have your obviously guys at the very top, right? Your Mitchell, your Sanders, the Murphy and sweat, but then there's also a handful of lesser known guys that have declared. And again, they always seem to fall through the court. Cracks like living here in Chicago, you know, last year, Roshan Johnson was that guy because he was in Texas, you know, played for the Longhorns. All the attention at the running back position obviously went to Bijan Robinson, but Roshan, when he got a chance to play, looked good. Who are some guys that declared that are not going to be there next year that people need to keep an eye on either as UDFAs or late day two guys or early day three? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll quickly touch on Jalen. I mean, what I really like about Jalen Ford, he's, I mean, this has been his entire football story. You know, a kid from North Texas who wanted to be a Longhorn, wasn't necessarily recruited by them immediately, almost ends up, I believe it's at Kansas, if memory serves me correct. 
and then ends up getting the late scholarship offer. But he's someone who's always around the football, 6'3", uh, 242 pounds. Remember, first record with Jalen's listed at. So he's a big, sizable guy, but plays the pass really well, super athletic. He's just a guy who I think maybe is a situational linebacker, but someone who certainly can be a special teamer and make an impact. Um, but as far as some of those guys, maybe, you know, as UDFAs or, you know, late day three guys, first person who stands out is Jordan Whittington. Jay Witt is someone who Steve Sarkeesian has been adamant that is going to play a decade in the National Football League. And, and you can see why it's his a he can contribute on special teams, whether it's as a punt returner, as a gunner, as a kick returner. But he's just that guy who, in terms of being an NFL receiver, an NFL mentality, I cannot think of a more mature. And these things all sound cliche, right? When you start going mature and whatnot, it's like, oh, those are things you say about a guy who doesn't have any talent. With Jordan, it couldn't be far from the case. It just stands out so well in that if you need a pro, a veteran in the room, someone who you know is going to show up on time, do everything that's asked to make the team, that's Jordan Whittington. The thing that stands out most about him on the field, probably his his ability to block from the receiver spot. You know, I, I don't want to, you know, label him like, Heinz Ward-esque or someone, you know, who's been like a Hall of Fame blocker at the receiver position, but definitely a guy who blocks his position really well, opens up things in the run game. I, if if Bears fans have a chance to check out one play, um, and it, you can definitely find this one on YouTube, it's the TCU game where, I'm going to try to recall the play exactly, but basically Xavier Worthy uh, catches a pass downfield, looks like he's going to break away, ends up getting stripped. So the TCU defender lays on top of, Xavier Worthy, um, Jordan Winnington from the other side of the field. He was on the other side, running around the other side of the play. Hall's butt, probably 50, 60 yards downfield, ends up stripping the TCU defender. And Xavier Worthy, who was laid on top of by his own guy, raced downfield as well to recover the fumble. So if you want to see someone just in terms of sheer effort, that play sums up Jordan Winnington as a whole. Another guy I keep an eye on is Keelan Robinson. Um, a backup running back, someone who was a, mainly the third down back in 2022, but Steve Sarkeesian and Jeff Banks have been adamant that they felt like he's one of the top gunners in college football. And Keelan is a guy who, again, we'll see what the speed says. He's in, in Indianapolis now with the combine, see what the 40 time is. He thinks he's going to run sub 4-4, four, four. and if he can do that, that in my mind at least makes him a candidate, someone who can be a kick returner, punt returner, gunner. Keelan actually does well in pass pro. You know, for a third down back, for a smaller guy who's 5'9", a buck 85, um, can catch the ball real well in the backfield. So, again, someone who is never going to be a full-time running back. He was even never that in college. But someone who I think is a guy who, you know, because of the multitude of things he can do, it would be a good addition to any NFL roster. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, yeah, you know, those, and again, I've watched some of Jordan Whittington, definitely kind of your like, 
high motor type player, a guy who ultimately you look at and you just begin to say, okay, you know, this is someone who has a high level of toughness, certainly has a bit of an attitude edge, a chip on his shoulder, certainly a guy that you look at and fans are going to go ahead and fall in love with. But got two more questions for you here as we kind of go ahead and start to wrap this thing up. I mean, there's all these guys that are departing. What's next for Texas in terms of having to replace three receivers receivers along with two interior linemen and you know a couple linebackers as well yeah i'll kind of quickly touch on you know all three of those spots hey steve sarkeesian got a haul this offseason he got isaiah bond uh, probably best known to college football fans is the player who made the game-winning reception against auburn this year in the iron bowl um and that you know great comeback uh, a guy who was a game-breaking you know speed demon to get him uh, to transfer over to Texas office that came with the retirement of Nick Saban, be able to go and get Houston, a former Houston receiver, Matthew Golden, someone who was a four-star recruit played behind tank Dell his freshman year, had some injury issues last year, but still a very talented guy uh, can play special teams, can return kicks and, and probably his best footballs ahead of him, you know, playing with a quarterback like Quinn yours. And then also very quietly got Silas Bolden, um, Oregon state's, Diminutive receiver, guys about five eight five nine, a buck seventy, but someone who had over fifty grabs last year has been a very consistent receiver for Oregon State. So they're not turning to some of their highly, you know, touted four star, five star freshmen they recruited at the receiver spot. Sark knows that this year is probably just as important as last year in terms of having the talent to win a national championship. Why not go get some guys who've been there and done that? They certainly have bolstered that receiver spot. I think you asked about the defensive tackles next. So here's a name to keep an eye on. Alfred Collins had a decision could have come out this year because in terms of just again, sheer measurable six, five, 320 pounds has the total package in terms of size, athleticism. The thing with AC for his entire career, and he'll be a 50 year senior this year was consistency motor doing it. Every play uh, talk with his former defensive line coach, Bo Davis now with LSU. And he said that the big thing with him is now increasing his pass rush. He was the best pass rushing defensive tackle on this team just now need him to you know be more consistent in that regard against the quarterback and being consistent run stuffer he's now going to be a full-time starter he was a platoon guy behind murphy and sweat behind uh um keandre coborn and, and mora ojimo and guys like that right now he's gonna be a full-time starter this year we'll see what happens uh it's gonna be he and uh alfred broughton uh they also brought in a, a transfer from arizona tia savea so those are a couple of guys to keep an eye on as far as the defensive tackle spot and then at linebacker as i mentioned listen if you're not familiar with the name Anthony Hill Jr. now, just do yourself a favor and, and get familiar. Because two years from now, you're going to talk about a guy who's going to be a first-round pick. 6'3", 235. The, the, the word coming out of camp is that he's actually a guy who's transitioned from being just primarily an edge guy who Sark and the staff wanted to bring him along very slowly. They were very adamant in saying, hey, you know, we don't want to overload this kid. We know he's a five-star talent, five-star potential. We just want him to see ball, hit ball, go find the ball. And he did that, especially in big games. I mean, it, he ended up being sick on this team in sacks last year and wasn't even a full-time starter. But now, as he progresses, he's a possibility he could be the starting middle linebacker this time next year. And if you talk about a guy who has those type of instincts plus the pass rushing ability, that's going to be huge. And then as far as who might play next to him, as you said, you know, a, a lot of four, two, five, uh, give a really great nickelback and Jade Barron is going to hold down that spot this year, the star role for Texas. So that other linebacker, there's a lot of con- competition. You got Kendrick Blackshire coming from Alabama. You have uh veteran David Benda. Um, this guy's been here, you know, 
five. See, yeah, he's a fifth year guy. I'm sure remember, he's a fifth or sixth year guy. He's a fifth year guy. Uh, can play weak side, can play, uh, you know, in, in the middle as well. So, should be some interesting competition at linebacker. But either way, I mean, a lot of talent here back in, in Austin. And there's a reason why the hopes are high that even with the men's of the SEC, they're going to be competing for not only a SEC title, but a national title in 2024. I mean, hey, that um, competing for, well, moving from the Big 12 to the SEC is going to be really fun. Like, SEC and Big Ten football were already, you know, the best of the best. And now I think things are going to get even better. But before we get out of here, you know, where can people follow you on Twitter as well as, you know, keep up with your work? No, like I said, appreciate you having me. I don't know, always fun to talk a little beers. As I said, live in Chicago for three years. So that certainly was the team to follow when I was there. But you can find my work on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore uh, 247sports.com, cbssports.com, where it's you know, Texas football, we're in March Madness. So if you're a college hoops fan, you know, I know where I was in Big Ten uh, country there. So a lot of college hoops fans, go check us out uh, for coverage of uh, March Madness there. Um, let's see, 247sports, cbssports.com, horns247.com as well. And uh, if you want to check me out, the podcast, the flagship podcast, just punch it into anywhere you'd find, you know, on YouTube, horns247 on YouTube, or find your podcast and check us out for plenty of Texas sports coverage. Absolutely. We will have to, you know, I'll have to check a lot of that stuff out as well. But thanks so much for being on the show. We'll definitely have to do this again sometime when we're getting ready to start the 2024 college regular season. Anytime, my man. Take care. That was some really good stuff from Eric, detailing some of the top Longhorns prospects that could certainly interest the Bears. There's still a long way to go until the 2024 NFL draft, but this makes for a very interesting next few weeks, especially for Chicago, where guys like Mitchell, Sanders, and Worthy could certainly interest the Bears. Before we get out of here, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Usaid Koshal and check out my work on the Bear Report website. I've got articles, podcasts, as well as just general NFL draft and Bears coverage dropping over the next couple weeks. Make sure you've got your podcast notifications turned on for wherever you get your podcasts because we are going to have a new episode almost daily for at least the next couple weeks here. Make sure to bear down and see you guys next time.